Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, and welcome everyone to the Become Fire podcast. I am your host today, Father Peter Teresa, uh, filling in for our usual host, Father Anthony, as he is uh, uh, visiting some family. And I'm excited to be with all of you. And we have a, a, a special guest who will be joining us throughout the year, uh, our one and own and very uh, brother Elijah. So, brother Elijah, it's good to have you on the show. Hello, it's good to be on the show. This is great. This is exciting. <laughs> so, this is sort of like my debut as a host. Yes. And your debut as whatever I do for Father Anthony. We're not really sure what my job is on this thing, but but uh, so hopefully, you know, if we tank today, it's going to be entirely my fault. Oh. That's that's that makes me feel a lot better. Uh, all the pressure is off me. That's right. All the pressure is off you. Uh, we're excited to talk to you guys today about something that that we've been doing for the last couple of years as a Franciscan community, and something that Franciscans have been doing for uh, for a very long time. But but first, before we get into our show, I want to just to to introduce Brother Elijah a little bit, talk to him, and uh, and just uh, Brother Elijah, just how was uh, so what have you been up to this summer? Hmm. Um, um, a little bit of everything. Um, so the about week and a half immediately following the semester um, was just a lot of preparation for the the final vows. So putting together some of the liturgies for, uh, in particular myself, I was working on the solemn vows uh, for Brother yeah. Paul, Brother John of the Cross, now Deacon John of the Cross. Yeah. Um, and then after that, um, you know, being down here for those ceremonies, and then flew back to Detroit. Did a two-week home visit, and that brought mm-hmm. us to the month of June, um, during which time I was running the parish at St. Mary of Redford in Detroit, yeah. um, which was uh, eventful, to say the least. <laughs> yes, in all the, in all the worst ways. Yes, yeah. yes. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, uh, just was a, was a great experience, gave me a lot of um, just insight into what running a parish in Detroit looks like, yeah. uh, kind of a bird's eye view into the life of Father Athanasius. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to get any closer than a bird's eye view. No, his life. Yeah. I think that's, that's plenty close. Uh, and then after that, uh, I had a, a 30 day retreat, Ignatian retreat yeah. in South Dakota at Broom Tree um, for the month of July. And then after that, returned to Detroit for just a few days to transition now, just pack up my room and get ready to come down here for the year. So. Yeah. So you'll be with us for the year. We're yes. really excited to have you. Yes. Um, but you you said you just did a 30-day retreat. Yes, I did. People have heard of weekend retreats, mm. week-long retreats. You were on a retreat for 30 days. Can you just give us uh, maybe a bird's-eye view of that or just a cliff notes or just maybe a highlight of of 30 days and what that was like for you? Yeah. So so normal people, maybe they need like two or three days. <laughs> uh, people that are board. struggling a little bit, maybe yeah. eight. Yeah. But I needed thirty. Yeah, so, um, we understand. No, so there's a, a Saint Ignatius of Loyola, uh, really just uh, around the time of his conversion, um, basically received uh, in in some ways. I mean, uh, hopefully there's no Jesuits listening who can <laughs> who can correct me right now. But uh, basically received from the. I Lord can assure this. you, there are no Jesuits <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Uh, well if you get the email, just remember. But uh, 
Yeah, so he he basically received from the Lord this retreat. He he retreated to a cave uh, in Manresa, um, and just basically drew up this retreat, um, influenced by some things that that he had already um, read through and and prayed through from a monastery he was at prior. But basically, the thirty days this retreat that he created, um, and it's very much uh, the emphasis is on. Um, the first time, at least, you're, if, if you're a Jesuit, again, uh, you're supposed to do it three different times. Yeah. Uh, but the first time is really just to kind of uh, get your bearings uh, in the spiritual life, to, to kind of learn uh, the voice of the Lord, right. parse out what, what, what voice is from the Lord, what voice is my own voice, what voice could be the voice of the enemy. Um, all kind of to help you discern your vocation or call, what the Lord is calling you to do. Yeah. Um, Thanks be to God. I, I already feel like I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Amen. Um, Thanks be to God. So, uh, but my retreat was was very good. Um, had a had a good director, and uh, yeah, just you just a lot of silence. Uh, mm. Thirty days of silence, um, which I'm, I know I'm sure a lot of people just wanted to fact check me. Yes, thirty days of silence. <laughs> Didn't talk for thirty days. Yeah, um, which I know is is probably kind of crazy to hear, but uh, it's. It's um, a really just an opportunity to go really deep uh, with the Lord and just give him the space to do really whatever he wants. Mm. Um, so it was very, very fruitful for me. Very, yeah. very blessed experience. Would you do it again? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, not anytime soon. I, I need a little, yeah. I need a little time. I mean, yeah. it's, so you get so much out of it Yeah. Um, that you kind it's almost like, uh, when you eat a big meal mm. and your body needs to kind of digest and assimilate some of the nutrients from mm-hmm. the meal, you know, yep. um, if I were to eat two big meals back to back, uh, it's just straight up gluttony, you know, <laughs> spiritual. So, gluttony. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really, in a, in a very real way, it's, it's like, uh, you know, you receive so much on the retreat, but then you're still, you know, for lack of a better word, digesting mm-hmm. everything that the Lord was doing. So, I'm still kind of praying through a lot of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and really just kind of recognizing, you know, different things that he had done. Um, So, yeah, need some more time, you know, to to just kind of let it all hit your heart and stuff. So it's, it's, uh, I would definitely do it again in the future though, Mm -hmm. for sure, for sure. I think you make a really, really good point just with a really intense spiritual experience and uh, that, that it is, it's that, that that our soul is like the body that it needs time to like um ingest it digest it um assimilate it whatever whatever we want to use that like um but i think sometimes we forget we can just think of kind of the soul and these abstractions and and that Mm -hmm. like no the soul is actually it operates very much like a human being operates because it's what makes us human and that That it needs time to to receive grace and for grace to settle in and for us to to own the grace and 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 all that. So I think that's um, that's a really beautiful insight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll do we'll do another episode where we can just go a deep dive into who Brother Elijah is. We've been doing some some background, some origin stories, but we'll save that one for a, a later date. Maybe we'll do that. Save that one for next week. Um, what we want to do this week with you guys is talk about, like I said, something that that we've been doing as a community now. I think, Brother Elijah, we've been doing it for the last, this will be number four for us, I think? Yeah, I think it's the yeah. last three years. I think yeah. this is the, the fourth I think we time. started in, in <clears throat> 2018 um, mm-hmm. that that St. Francis uh, 
the the wild man that he was. Uh, he observed three Lents every year. So he did the the normal Lent that we do from Ash Wednesday to Easter. Uh, he did a I think it was kind of like a prolonged Advent that was that he he treated like a Lent. And then he did something that uh, is called a St. Michael's Lent, uh, which begins uh, today, actually, uh, August 16th, the day after the Assumption. So, And then it would go the whole way for the rest of August uh, to the end of September to September 29th uh, on the Feast of St. Michael, and that he would do uh, an observe and a Lent uh, in, in honor of St. Michael and and so we we knew that this was a part of the the Franciscan heritage, the Franciscan tradition. And I think in 2018 was sort of kind of a a, a rough summer for the church. Uh, thing a lot of uh, news was breaking, uh, especially in regards to uh, then Cardinal McCarrick, now just uh, Mister McCarrick, and all that was was breaking and and some some shocking revelations in the church and and just the scandal that ensued. And so. Uh, we thought it would be opportune and, and a good thing for us as a community to to do penance um, on behalf of of the sins of, of of members in the church and the church hierarchy and 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 to pray in that way and it was a very very fruitful a very very powerful very very edifying experience for all of us partaking in it and so um, we've continued to do the St Michael's Lent since then um, and and for different reasons for different intentions. Um, and so we just want to talk about, you know, St. Francis, St. Michael's Lent, and, and maybe hopefully we can, you know, uh, coax some of you into to joining us uh, for uh, this season. But uh, I just want to start there with you, Brother Elijah, that, um, that I, I don't know if you, if you remember that summer at all, everything that was happening. I think you were probably in your novitiate, but um, just what, what that experience for you, maybe the first time doing an additional Lent was like for you. Um, I remember, uh, I don't remember exactly if it, if it had been before uh, a lot of the stuff broke in the church or if it was after, but I remember during that time in my novitiate feeling drawn in prayer, um, to do something to console the heart of Jesus. Hmm. Um, even before I, I knew that there was a book called Consoling the Heart of Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just in my heart, just to, uh, you know, how can I, how can I soothe the Lord's heart just with mm -hmm. everything going on? And just talking to my, my director about that and telling him about that desire. And, um, and he had been saying to me, you know, it's, it's, it's important in the times that we're living in to, to make reparation, Yeah, you know, to, to ask the Lord how we can do that to, to make reparation. And so I remember the guys in Detroit, um, hearing about how they, you know, they shaved their heads and, and they were doing, you know, some extra prayer. And, and I thought that that was really cool. And then I heard that we were doing this extra Lent. Yeah. And so for me, it kind of just all fell in place that it just felt right. It felt like the right thing to do uh, in particular because our community's third order right. Franciscans and, and part of our tradition and charism is, is penance. Yeah. Um, so it, it was almost as if the Lord was, um, kind of already drawing me to that, you yeah. know, is almost as part of our, our charism and tradition. So to, to be able to do that Lent, um, kind of apart from what I had grown up with, which is like, you know, this is the time where Lent's rolling around, it's time mm -hmm. to figure out what to give up. Right. And, but it was like, no, we're doing something extra now. Um, and it was almost, it was almost like 
you know, it's time to go beyond what I'm, what I'm used to doing. Mm-hmm. It's time to give a little bit more. Um, it's time to, to really get uncomfortable for the Lord in a sense, mm. you know, and, yeah. and, yeah. you know, make, make myself available. And the fact that we were doing it as a community was, um, was really beautiful yeah. for me. Um, so it was, it was a, a very, um, I think timely and beautiful experience for me. Mm-hmm. Just helped me to really enter into, in particular, the the charism that that I'm trying to follow as a as a penitent. You yeah. know, so you know, I was I was in Detroit during <laughs> that time, as you were saying, and um, we uh, we did know we responded and we did we did some vigils before the the Blessed Sacrament and, and reparation to, to to pray for for the sins and 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 um, so you you said something there that I think is is really beautiful and I, I want to explore it with you. Um, because I think it's it's a, it's kind of a paradigm shift in how maybe we approach fasting, how we approach doing penances, um, where, where I think we can a lot of times have an attitude coming to normal Lent where we are giving something up. Uh, maybe we want to kind of sort of like the 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 liturgical New Year. Maybe it's like a it's. It's 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 early enough in the year like maybe we just reboot our 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 New Year's resolutions at Lent and and try again and and uh, there can be some we want to maybe change behaviors break vices um, and, and 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 all those things are great and beautiful um, those are those are worthy worthy goals uh, mm-hmm. for for Lent but but you spoke of a of a totally different motivation um, and you talk about you were felt drawn to console the heart of Jesus. Um, and so perhaps um, that is something new to people who are listening to this. Uh, where, or, or, or what does that mean? I thought I thought Jesus was supposed to console me. <laughs> I'm the one suffering down here in this in this veil of tears, and and He's God, and and He's perfect. And so, um, what what does that mean to console Jesus, and 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 how might one do that? Yeah. I think that that is a very difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we can. Um, but I will, I will try to answer it in the way that I understand it. Um, yeah. I think, I think it is a very mysterious thing mm-hmm. um, that we can do anything for God yeah. that would actually bring Him any any joy or comfort, or you mm-hmm. know, especially because. Just speaking as God, as as God, you know, apart from you know when the Lord took on a, a human nature, you know, God in and of Himself um, is yeah. complete and perfect and doesn't need anything from us. Um, but it, I think through the mystery of the incarnation, um, maybe even say the mysteries of the incarnation, yeah. just yeah. all of the things that we could think about, um, the Lord allows us to be. I think like our lady and like St. John yeah. and to stand with him at the foot of the cross. Um, and I think this looks different for, for different people. I think in particular um, that people who suffer different things in their lives, whether it be loss or family situation or, um, you know, a whole number of things that we go through in our human experience uh, that we know as Catholics, that we can offer that up to God. Um, and that that is it's pleasing. That's a pleasing offering and sacrifice to the Lord. Um, and so the Lord who who loves humanity, who took on flesh to die for us, um, is grieved by the sins of of man. Is grieved by you know we were just in the 
well, I guess not just in the, but we were in the month of June for, you know, the month of the Sacred Heart. Right, yeah. And what he says to St. Margaret Mariella Koch, you know, behold a, a heart that loves much, but is loved so little. Mm. Um, and it's that, that the Lord is actually grieved that men don't, you know, both know his love, but also don't receive his love. Yeah. And that we as, as disciples and followers of the Lord can make acts of reparation to his heart. Um, almost, it's almost as if, uh, and maybe this isn't a, a good example, but it's what's coming to me right now, mm-hmm. but it's, it's almost as if, you know, a parent has, has two children and one of the children, you know, goes off on, on a bad path. And the heart of the parent is is wounded because their child is suffering and, right. and not living a, a life that will be, you know, beneficial to them. Um, and another child sees this, right? And and it's as if the the other child, uh, in some way, tries to give more of themselves to the parent in love, almost to make up for you know what the what the parent is suffering. Yeah. Um, where it might console the heart of the parent uh, just to feel and to receive that love from the child. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot more lacking in that analogy. That's beautiful. Than, that's, that's... Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is a mystery, you know, but we can, we can do penances. We can do St. Michael's fasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can, we can pray. We can do vigils like you said you guys were doing. And it really does do something to, to console, to ease the pain of the Lord who just in all simplicity just wants to receive and give love uh, to men. Yeah. I, a couple of things you you said, I think really, really hit the mark well, where especially you talk about the example of Our Lady and St. John at the foot of the cross and just the mysteries of our incarnation, mm-hmm. of, of Christ's incarnation rather, and him becoming uh, a man. He's a divine person, but he's he's holy man. And so uh, it's a divine heart, but it's a human heart. Yeah. Um, and so... There is a way in, in the utter humility and the mystery of of who Jesus is, uh, that he is God, but he's also a man, that um, there would have been something very consoling about him, just his mother um, yeah. holding him, um, or or his father and jo- uh, his, his father in St. Joseph, you know, um, uh, affirming him for a job well done. Um, and, and, and that is that is an unbelievable dignity that God gives to us. That yeah. in some way He humbles Himself to such a degree that um, that we can console Him in that way, mm. um, and that we can continue to do that even even as His. So we know that He is He's ascended into heaven in that Sacred Heart. Um, that that's still a fleshly beating heart is yeah. resides in heaven with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, um, and that we can console them in that. Um, I think it also then maybe just kind of shifts our our attitude, our disposition, or the way maybe we look at our our sins and our failings and our shortcomings. Where where yes, that sin offends God, um, and and but that all God really wants is just for us to turn back to Him, yeah, um, and that that there's so much delight in His heart with that. Um, mm-hmm. That when we come spend time with Him, and um, we come pray, we. Um, before the Blessed Sacrament or, or praying a rosary or making some small offering and, and just remembering his passion that and we're, we remember him and um, we actually remember him. We actually speak to him as yeah. if he's a real person and we're in a real relationship with him that, um, that that's what he wants. Hmm. Um, and that it's that I think th- when we don't do that, when we don't come to him, I think those things actually wound his heart more than, than our sins do. Hmm. Um, and that, 
he is so good and he is so loving and he is so merciful and that we reject it we spurn it we don't we don't trust in it that um you know if you were to um you know physically hurt me um you know i would that would i wouldn't like that very much um <laughs> but if i had bent over backwards for you um and just given everything to you and and you still didn't trust me um that would hurt on a deeper level yeah um, and I think that when we give God our trust, um, that we console his heart in that way. And so um, I think it's a beautiful way into entering into, or maybe just looking at fasting, looking at penances and things like that. So now we can jump more specifically into this St. Michael's Lent, uh, which we said begins today, August 16th, the day after the Assumption of Our Lady into Heaven and begins, or excuse me, ends uh, September 29th on the Feast of St. Michael. Um uh, it was traditionally called Michael Mass, but now I believe it's it's all the archangels. It's Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel. Um, and so Francis uh, observed this Lent in a particular special way. And uh, it's actually during this Lent where he went up to the mountain of Laverna, uh, and he was doing his 40 days of, of, of prayer and, and fasting um, by himself there. And, and Brother Leo was kind of hanging out in the distance, making sure everything was okay. Um, that it was during this time of prayer that he received that awesome, awesome encounter with the Lord, uh, the, the sacred stigmata where the sixth wing seraph, um, the sixth wing angel who appeared to be crucified appeared to him. And then after that, uh, vision, um, he began to experience, uh, the, the, the passion of our Lord in his own body, where he received the, the marks of, of, of what appeared to be nails in his hands and, and, and nails in his feet, and, and his uh, side be, began to bleed. And St. Francis, as far as we know, and tradition tells us, he's the, the first stigmatist of the church, and, and he actually received it uh, during this uh, St. Michael's Lent, uh, which is pretty cool, uh, which is pretty cool. It just kind of testifies to to the power of God and, and what God can do when we, when we set... Um, extra times aside like this, like you just set 30 days aside for for silent prayer. And um, the Lord did some amazing, awesome things for you during those 30 days. And um, and so um, maybe if you just would speak to just um, just what it's God, what God can do when we just give him um, a space like this, an extra space. You know, we, we, we do the Lent um, and that's great. That's worthy. Um, but but this is something extra that, that we're doing. And so, um, you know, why do something extra? Well, what can God do with with the little extra that we might give Him? Well, I think He can do more than we could ever imagine, you know. And mm. and I think in particular, mm. um, you know, it see it seems like the greatest saints arise in the church in the times when the church is suffering the most, mm. and it seems like those saints, like Saint Francis, um, are the ones who, in the midst of you know, people losing their faith or, or not practicing the faith for the right reasons or just, you know, paganism, you know, to put it, right. to put it yep. bluntly, um, just people not following and, and loving the Lord that when you get a, a little humble man like Francis, you know, who responds to a call and, and just receives, um, this tremendous grace to give himself over to the Lord. And if you look at the life of St. Francis, it's just, he just continues to give hmm. until he just has nothing, you know? Yeah. And he dies just totally poor. He has nothing. Yeah. Um, 
nothing except for the marks of Jesus in his body, you know? <laughs> Amen. Um, but I think that in these times that the Lord is looking for people to give just even a little bit more to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's that's all in grace. That's all in the Lord drawing that um, out of your heart uh, and responding to that. But I think that uh, in particular that there's just such a need for people to be more generous mm-hmm. and even in a sense to, to stand up for God, hmm. you know, like there's, there's, there's so many people today who want to voice their opinions and stand up for, for all of these different things going on in the world yeah. today. Yeah. And there's so few people that want to stand up for the Lord and say, no, like, you know, this is truth. This is yeah. what Jesus died to, to give to us. And so if we can, if we can just even do something small like that, yeah. Um, and I was reading, actually, one of the, one of the new postulants was wearing a, a shirt yesterday with a quote from St. Francis on it. And it, it says, um, you know, first do what's required and then you can do what's possible. And then before you know it, you'll be doing the impossible. Hmm. Um, and I think that's very much, you see that in the life of St. Francis, you know, he just, he did what was required. He, he responded yeah. to the call. Yeah. And then before you know it, he's this, he's this great saint. And so I think it could lead to um, people really rediscovering, I think, the roots of our faith. You know, something like a St. Michael's Lent, mm-hmm. um, which is something that's, that's an older, you know, thing that was practiced in the church, yeah. uh, specifically around St. Francis. But when you kind of delve into some of these older devotional practices, you end up unearthing these, these gems, you know, these gems that have been kind of somewhat hidden and obscured um, sometimes by things in the church that I think just end up being distractions. Yeah. And you really get into just the older forms of devotion and, and, and prayer life and uh, some of the mystics and the, and the saints and the, and the ways that they, they practice their faith and you just learn how to love Jesus again. You know, mm-hmm. and so I think, you know, for anybody who who this sounds like, wow, this is maybe something I can do. Mm-hmm. Whatever little thing you can give to the Lord, you know, He can do tremendous things with it. So uh, it's 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 un uh, unknowable, you know, yeah. the things that the Lord can do with our yeah. little sacrifices. Yeah, that's really beautiful. That's really well said. Um, and and so we will be we begin our Saint Michael's Lent today. Uh, we're very mm-hmm. excited to do that. And I just do want to extend an invitation to anyone who might be listening either today, uh, on the day this is being released, or if you're listening to it later, it's, uh, it's, it is really not about the, the heroism or the, the, the feat of strength, uh, that, that goes into the Lent, um, or how difficult, uh, the, the sacrifices or how many consecutive days you, you perform the task that, um, you know, the Lord is not really impressed with any of our, our feats of strength, um, in, in the spiritual and spiritual realm, because it's all his grace to begin with. Uh, and so I just want to invite you to, to, to pray with us, to, to come fast with us, to, to give something up, um, to, to stand up for God in, in some small way, as brother was saying, uh, to console the heart of our Lord, uh, in some small way. And, and just, and just who knows what, what the, the fruits of this will be. Um, and, and thanks be to God that, that the Lord allowed us to see the, the transformation that he was able to work in, in, in the humble man, Francis, and, and giving him the stigmata during, the, the, during this time. And, and uh, 
And so I just invite you now to, to join us. You can pray about maybe something you want to give up, um, something you want to fast from, and just maybe an extra way you can uh, consult the heart. And so uh, we usually wrap up the episode, brother, uh, with just a little fun question that Father Anthony throws at me. I never know what he's going to say. He always catches me off guard. Oh, boy. There's always a, a slight moment of panic uh, when he asks the question. Yeah, um, I feel it right now. <laughs> now you're my seat. You understand <laughs> the terror of, of the unknown. Um, but we'll just, uh, just to maybe just to keep it within the, what we were talking about and just to get to, to know you a little bit better that, um, and then I'll answer after you is, um, do you have a, a favorite scene of the life of Francis, um, that, that really speaks to you or, or that you enjoy or that has, um, just really, you know, touched your heart or something memorable? I mean, oh man. So the the one that um, you know all of the friars received one year as a Christmas gift from Father Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got the Giotto's, which there's there's quite a few of them. There's like twenty. There's twenty, twenty two, twenty four. I don't remember how many like Giotto's. That. Yeah, yeah. He, he, these frescoes in the basilica. But um, he, the one he gave to me was is the scene of uh, Francis going to try to evangelize the Saracens, mm-hmm. and um, he goes to the to the uh, sultan, yeah. and he basically makes a bargain with him and says, you know, <laughs> this fire here, if I if I jump into this fire and, and it doesn't consume me, you know, you have to convert. Yeah. Um, and if your priests or, or holy men jump into the fire and, and they don't, you know, burn up, then then we'll know that your God is a true God, yeah. basically. You know, it's it's very actually similar to, to Elijah on Carmel, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sultan, the sultan is basically... Uh, I think maybe so confused yeah. by the proposition yeah. and, and the priests so terrified <laughs> <laughs> that it, it, it never ends up happening yeah. um, because he's the only one actually willing to do it. Yeah. Um, but I think it just shows um, almost this folly of, of love that Francis hmm. had for the Lord uh, that he, again, a man who wasn't, wasn't comfortable around lepers, finds himself a few yeah. years later ready to throw himself into a, a, a fire, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And uh, I get upset if I touch like a hot stove or something. <laughs> so it's, uh, it just shows you that the level of, of, of love and, and uh, just total abandon that mm-hmm. he had, um, that he was willing to, to risk it all to, to see a, a, a soul converted to Christ. Yeah. So I praise God for that. Um, for me, there's a, there's a, there's a, just sort of a scene, a passage, and then just even a little line that has just stuck with me in my religious life. I remember praying it when I like did my first come and see. And uh, it's a scene, it's one of Francis's conversion scenes where he he goes to church, actually on like the Feast of Matthias. It's like in the middle of the February in the old calendar. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he hears the gospel proclaimed and he asks the priest to explain it to him about how you're not to carry anything for the journey, no money, no sack, uh, no, no money sack, no staff, no sandals. And and upon hearing the priest's explanation from this, Francis is just overcoming. He says, this is what I want. This is what I seek. This is what I desire with all my heart. Mm. Um, and just that refrain that this is what I seek. This is what I want. This is what I desire with all my heart. Um, I've just always loved that. And, yeah. and so it's been a, a just a prayer for me throughout my life. And, and uh, just one of my favorite scenes of St. Francis. Amen. So, amen. Well, we are out of time for this week's episode. And so uh, well, let's just pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, honor, glory, and praise. Lord, I just ask that you would bless everyone who is uh, listening uh, to this podcast. Uh, Lord, that you would look 
um, kindly upon them, uh, that you would give them uh, the grace and the strength that they need to carry out uh, their duties and their state in life. Uh, Lord, and help uh, us and all of them um, to become saints uh, for your greater glory. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.